In the mid-1980s, the Thousand Oaks Public Library began developing the American Radio Archives. A lot of the pioneer broadcasters from the 1940s and 1950s who worked in Southern California radio uh, lived or had retired to the Thousand Oaks area, and the library director who was interested in historical collections like this uh, began to cultivate uh, the, these people to donate their archives to the Thousand Oaks Public Library. You know, Los Angeles was one of the big media centers in the United States, along with New York and Chicago and things like that. So it was a natural fit that there would be a big uh, collection of uh, radio archival materials located somewhere in Southern California. And, and Thousand Oaks was the, the institution that undertook that, that endeavor. They had the collection then from 1985 until the present um, and it actually consists of probably over 50 discrete collections within the main collection. Um, so it's collections of individuals like Norman Corwin or Rudy Valley. Take a bow, G.I. Take a bow, little guy. Life is just a bowl of cherries. Don't take it serious. Or organizations like uh, KNX or KFI. Um, and things like that. So it's a whole bunch of disparate materials, including um, recordings, uh, scripts, photographs, and that kind of thing that are primary source documents that people can use to study the history of radio in Southern California and the United States. Thank you. Now, could you um, tell me a few more details about the collection and perhaps highlight some of the most precious items or most interesting items? The collection has long been known historically as an important archive of these materials. Um, and I think probably the two most, I don't want to say interesting, but the two most unique collections that are part of the archive are the papers of Norman Corwin, who is considered one of the pioneers of radio broadcasting, and then Rudy Valley, who is a musical performer, but also hosted an important radio show in the 1930s. Um, those things, those collections consist of all types of unique uh, materials. These are not published materials. These aren't things that you could get on Spotify or publish books or magazines and things like that. These are unique archival materials. So one of a kind things like uh, radio broadcasts from the 1930s and the 1940s or photographs of the radio studios and the performers and that sort of thing. Um, so this is an incredibly rich archive of these materials that people who want to, to study early radio, broadcasting, communications, and that sort of thing can use these collections uh, to study that. You know, it's an incredibly rich resource for the students and the faculty here and the community as well, since we're open to the public. Thank you. And I think that covered it a bit, but building on that, um, could you just add a few more details, perhaps, about how the collection will be used now that it's at UCSB for research or reference, and then how that might compare to how it was used in the past, uh, like who was typically accessing it when it was in Thousand Oaks? Yeah, the collection has been at Thousand Oaks for a long time, and fundamentally the mission of a public library, like the Thousand Oaks Public Library, or the Santa Barbara Public Library for that matter, is different from an academic library. An academic library is to support uh, research by the faculty, the students of the university and the community at large. Uh, a public library serves other functions. Um, you know, it could be for childhood literacy, it could be for community reading programs and that sort of thing. And it's very difficult for a public library to be able to support those kind of 
public facing programs as well as maintain a special collections like that. So it was a difficult thing. And, you know, Thousand Oaks is not that much bigger of a city than Santa Barbara. Um, and there, there just wasn't the funding there to support the archive at the same level that it would have been, that it needed to be fully uh, available to the public. So the Thousand Oaks Library Foundation made a decision that they were going to try to find a new home where it could be supported in that way and could be made more accessible to researchers. And after about a year of deliberations, uh, UCSB and Thousand Oaks agreed that this would be a, that, that UCSB would be a good fit for it. It would keep the materials in Southern California, which is important. It would keep the collection intact and together, which we all felt was important as well. Um, and so that's where the decision was made. And UCSB Special Collections is much bigger than Thousand Oaks's uh, Special Collections. Um, you know, we have full-time staff that do preservation, that do reference work with students and faculty. Uh, so it will be more accessible through UCSB's Special Collections than it was um, at Thousand Oaks. And that's not a criticism of what they've done because they've assembled an incredible collection, but it really was too big for the, the institution. Was there any specific other specific reason that UCSB specifically was chosen um, or did they just were they just one of the institutions that sort of got in contact with the library about it? Yeah, there, there are there are specific reasons why UCSB was chosen and why UCSB was interested um, in the collection beyond the fact that we're neighbors in Southern California. Um, UCSB has long had capacity to do preservation of fragile sound recording formats. You probably know from our wax cylinder archive at the library that we do a lot of work with preservation of sound. Um, the, the recordings in the Thousand Oaks collection are also on endangered carriers that need preservation in order to be made accessible and preserved. These things include 16 inch glass based transcription discs from the 1940s and acetate open reel tape from the 1950s and the 1960s. So UCSB has a unique capacity to do the necessary preservation work on those collections. And we also had existing radio collections in the library already. So it made a good fit for us to really expand that um, and take it up a level. And it probably makes UCSB the certainly the premier West Coast archive for uh, commercial radio like this. Thank you. Um, are there any particular items in this collection that you personally are excited about? And if so, what is the reasoning behind that? Well, I'm a, I'm a sound archivist by training. And so I'm most excited about being able to help preserve this important legacy by digitizing and preserving all of these, these uh, endangered sound recordings. And it's another thing that, that will add to the legacy of uh, broadcasting in Southern California and preserve that important history. Thank you. Is there anything else you would like to add about the collection or UCSB's um, efforts to archive, uh, preserve archives overall? Yeah, well, I think this is um, further evidence of UCSB's growing stature in the archival world. We're, um, you know, we're a medium-sized UC campus, um, but our special collections are becoming really world-renowned for the different types of things. And that's not just the sound recordings and things like that, but all sorts of other archives and special collections at UCSB. So I think we should all be very proud of, of the rich collections that the library is taking care of and preserving for research and scholarship. 
Um, and ultimately the library wants to support these academic programs. Um, I think, and I think it's going to be of interest to, um, you know, beyond the traditional communities like film and media studies. I think the history, you know, the English department, the music department. I mean, there's, I think there's, there's historical material here for scholars and students all across campus to use. Thank you. It was super interesting to learn more about the radio archives. Those are really a fascinating addition to UCSB. Yeah, thank you, Sierra. I appreciate your interest in this and KCSB's interest in it as well. That was David Salupert, curator of the Performing Arts Collection at the UCSB Library's Special Collections. For KCSB News, I'm Sierra Vanderbrook.